Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. If you're a teacher right now, chances are you're pretty busy. There's more to do than you feel like you have time for, and you might even find yourself not getting done everything you want to get done. And one of the remedies for this is to actually identify things to stop doing or to do less of. The truth is, as teachers, we are often adding things to our plate, but rarely do we stop and look for things to take off. And if you think about that for more than two seconds, you realize that's a recipe for disaster, right? We're just going to get busier, busier, busier if we don't take things off in equal portion or, or more portion to what we put on. Now, back in episode 159, we talked about taming your to-do list with the four T's. And the concept is this. It's that you write down everything that's on your to-do list, whether they're just things you have to do now or things you do repetitively. And then for every item, you decide you look for things that you're going to trash, which means you just stop doing it. Trim, which means you do have to do it, but you do it less often or you set boundaries around it. Um, Transfer, which means you get someone to help you with it which yes, that is possible, or treasure, meaning it's valuable and you're going to keep doing it and you're going to value it. So every single item on your to-do list, you'd go through and say, is this a trash, a trim, a transfer, or a treasure? And it's a really great exercise to help um, just just do what I exactly what I just said, where you're saying, okay, I have to take something off my plate. I, I literally can't get all of this done. So what I want to do today is kind of build on that. So if you haven't listened to episode 159, I recommend maybe even going back and listening to that either before this episode or after this episode, because what I'm going to do here is give you some examples of things that teachers have stopped doing things that teachers are doing less or less often, and things that teachers have transferred and got gotten other people to help with them. So these are examples. Please keep in mind, when I give you this example list, I'm not saying that you should stop doing all of these things. Very few of us could stop doing all of these things and still be effective. But they are examples of things that teachers have stopped doing and still been effective. Been effective and in some cases, even more effective. So what you're looking for is inspiration from this list. Okay, this is not, like I said, something where you're gonna, I want you to exactly follow and stop doing every single single thing I say here. You're looking for a few things that you're like, I could stop doing that too, or I could do that less often, or I could get someone to help me with that. Okay, you're looking for a few things um, that you can remove from your to-do list. And then also, inspiration. Maybe this will, you know, spark something in your head and say, "Ooh, what about this? What about this? What about this?" Okay? So, these are examples and I hope that you will find them helpful. So, first first set we're going to go through, these are examples of things that teachers have stopped doing. Just stopped, okay? First one is correcting students' work. So in other words, rather than collecting papers or tests and actually going through and putting all the correct answers. You just don't put the correct answers on students' tests, realizing you can have them do that themselves or even have that as an assignment. Uh, number two, extra roles that their heart is not in. So um, responsibilities at school or at home um, or at church that you said yes to kind of out of guilt and now realize, no, um, that's actually not the best use of my time. 
Some teachers have even stopped giving and grading homework altogether. They don't give homework at all. That's I'm not saying everyone should do that, but some teachers have done that and found themselves still being really effective. Number four, a making PowerPoint. So some teachers have said, you know what? I'm not making PowerPoints anymore. It's too much of a time suck. It's not necessary. I'm not going to do it. Number five, video editing. So if you're making videos for your class, um, rather than spending all this time editing them so that they're quote unquote perfect, um, just leaving the mistakes in, like letting them be um, more raw and simple. Uh, Next one, changing bulletin boards or classroom decor. This is definitely one I embraced. I decorated my classroom at the beginning of the year and then I didn't change it very much at all. Just let it, let, just let it be. Um, some teachers have said they used to keep a paper grade book as a backup and they've stopped keeping a paper grade book backup. Just have the one grade book. Uh, here's an example from home, and that's something I want to encourage you with as well is when you're looking at this, don't just think about school. Also think about your personal life um, because, I mean, it's it's your life, right? They all flow into each other. So one example is grocery shopping. Some teachers have decided to use Instacart or something similar to do grocery shopping for them. So those are all examples of things that teachers have stopped doing. And remember, as I said, I'm not telling you to stop doing all of those, but can you? I hope your mind is expanding a little bit already. Some of these things you might think, I could never stop doing that. But maybe you could. That's what I want you to start asking yourself. What if I just didn't do this? Particularly look at the things that are most time consuming for you and ask, what if I didn't do that? Could Is there another way to be just as effective without taking so much time? And it's kind of amazing um, what some teachers have been able to cut out without it affecting um, how effective they are. The next one, the next section that we're going to go through are things that you can do less. And this, in some cases, is a little bit easier than just saying I'm stopping it all together. You can identify areas where, okay, I can do this way less often. So here's some examples. Grading. Oh my goodness. This one is a huge example. If you are grading everything in particular, you, you have to stop grading everything that you do. Definitely not a good idea. Um, you can definitely, there, almost, almost every teacher can look for ways to grade less unless you're already cut down to the bare minimum. So ask yourself, you know, if you grade, let's say every homework assignment, ask yourself, could I grade half the homework assignments instead of all of them? Same thing for classwork, same thing for lots of things. You know, say, can I grade half of this and still have an accurate grade representation? If yes, do it. Another thing is emails. So rather than checking emails 10 times a day, um, teachers have said, I'm going to check it once a day or I'm going to check it twice a day. That's my email time. Um, Also removing email from your phone. So you're not on there in the evening or saying I'm not checking it over the weekend. Those are some ways to cut down on time and energy spent on email. Social media is something that a lot of teachers have identified as doing less. That's not necessarily something on your to-do list, but it is a huge time suck. So kind of putting boundaries around this is the time I'm spending on social media and that's it. Another thing that some teachers have done less often is a classroom newsletter, um, which I would actually say some teachers have stopped doing this altogether. I don't send a newsletter anymore, um, but some have said, okay, rather than every week, I can do it every other week. Um, So that's something you might consider about. Lesson planning is obviously a huge area that can take up a lot of time. So there's a lot of ways that you can look to do to spend less time on lesson plans. Uh, But one simple tip, um, I guess I could almost do a whole other podcast just on lesson planning, but one tip is using a timer in such a way where you'd say, okay, 
I have, you know, 55 minutes or whatever it is to accomplish this plan, you know, whatever, however much it is. I believe that's a reasonable amount of time. I believe I can do it in that amount of time and I'm going to. I I need to be done by the time this timer goes off. When we do that, this doesn't work for everybody, but for a lot of people, this is really helpful. Just kind of giving yourself that deadline of like, I have to be done in this amount of time can really force our mind to focus and actually get done and not get distracted because sometimes we go down rabbit holes that are not helpful. Helpful. Um, so simply using a timer, like giving yourself a deadline to get stuff done can be really helpful in keeping it in its place and ha- taking up less time, trimming it down. PowerPoints also go here too. Uh, we talked about some teachers have said, I don't do PowerPoints anymore. Um, some teachers um, have chosen to spend less time on PowerPoints by still having them, but making them much simple versus elaborate. So rather spending all this time, you know, with the animations and all this craziness, just being like, nope, I'm just going to put the bare bones of what needs to be there. I'm not going to spend time, um, you know, making it super elaborate. The last example I have here is one from the home, and that is if you cook dinner on a regular basis, um, you can make two-day meals. This is one. This is my personal example. A lot of times, I will make a meal, and we don't we don't call it leftovers. We call it a two-day meal. Um, I said this meal is for Monday and Wednesday, or for Thursday and Sunday, or whatever it is, and that's how it works. I make double the amount, which takes a little longer, but definitely not as long as making two different meals. And then when that day comes, um, I just reheat it. Um, or just, you know, prepare a couple of new sides or whatever it is, it saves a lot of time and stress um, on in the home front. All right, so so far we've gone through some examples of things that teachers have stopped doing altogether. They've just trashed it. Uh, second, we've talked about things that teachers are doing less often or spending less time on. That's called trimming. And the last one is transferring, which means getting people to help you with it. And I want, I'm want i excited. I have actually a ton of examples of things that teachers have told me that they have gotten students or parents or, um, or various paras or whatever it is to help with. So here's some ideas, okay? Um, first of all, tutoring. You can sometimes get parent volunteers or older students um, to help tutor students in your class. Your class weekly newsletter is something that you might be able to hand off to a parent or depending on the age of your student, probably um, this is more of an elementary thing. So probably we need to be a parent or a paraprofessional. Um, But could you train a parent or paraprofessional to do your weekly newsletter? And number three, grading. Um, If you have a para or a teacher's assistant or in a lot of cases, students can often grade smaller things. I know I always, almost always had my students grade homework or classwork um, or things like that. They would exchange and grade, and then I just have to look over it real quickly rather than actually looking at every single one. Cleaning the classroom is something that definitely your students can do. Um, you can put procedures in place. Which let me pause for just a moment and talk about this. When you think about getting help, we talk about this in great detail in our Tame Your To-Do List program and in our mentorship as well. But the key is training someone, okay? And this is maybe a good time to just say we have our Tame Your To-Do List system is coming up. And in that, we go into a lot of details about how you can effectively delegate things to others. Because it does, it it, without it taking a lot of your time and without it being stressful, okay? Um, But 
So I don't have time to go into all of that right now. Um, but the point is you really can train people to do something. The key is like just having a process, teaching them what to do, and then having the same person do it repetitively. Because the first time or two that they do it, it's probably not going to really save you that much time because you have to tell them what to do and then you have to check over it and like tell them what to do differently. But the third, the fourth time they do it, now they're getting the hang of it. And then if they can do it for a full, you know, the full year, then it really saves you time. So just a thought there that same thing with students. If you're teaching your students to clean the classroom, the first time or two you do it, you might feel like, oh, this is not going to work. But if you stick with it and teach the procedure to them, uh, it can really save tons of time in the long run. So with anything you transfer, keep in mind, it's a little bit of a time investment up front, but it can pay huge dividends in the long haul. Okay, back to our list. Next one is decorating the classroom. So we talked before about simply, you know, not decorating the classroom very much. But another option is to transfer that to students or to parent volunteers, right? And say, hey, you're in charge of this bulletin board or you're in charge of putting up um, the good example work or whatever it is. If your classroom has a lot of setting up, tearing down, or you have to set up like labs or projects, that is something that can be assigned to, once again, same thing, students, uh, paraprofessional, parent volunteers. Planning class field trips or parties is something that a parent volunteer may be able to do. Um, That's definitely something in my um, son's, my kid's school, um, they have room moms that plan all the parties for the year. So all the classroom parties, the teachers don't plan any of them. The room mom plans it and coordinates with the other parents. So that's a huge um, relief for the teachers to not have to worry about that. Um, But I could imagine um, some teachers have also worked with parents to help plan field trips and a lot of the administrative details for that too. Making copies is another thing that students, in some cases, if it's not a test, students could help with, um, or a parent. You might be able to have a parent come in and make copies for you. If you have, um, if you do a lot with small groups or Zoom groups, it's another opportunity for a prayer professional, a teacher's assistant, or a parent to help monitor those groups. Um, creating review games is something that students can help with in many cases as if your students are a little bit older. Um, so rather that let's say you want to put together a Kahoot review game or whatever review game, um, you could have students come up with the questions or put that together. Um, you can even have that be like the first part of your review is everyone get, here's a three by five card for everyone. I want everyone to write down two questions and you can use that for your review game. Um, And then we talked again about the home. So are there household jobs that you could transfer to someone else um, in your home, whether it's a spouse, a roommate, uh, if you have children that are of age to be able to help? um, Is everyone involved? Is the home all your responsibility or are they involved too? So you can kind of have a family meeting and talk about that. Things like cooking dinner, cleaning the house, laundry, grocery shopping again, right? A couple other final answers of transferring um, classroom library organization. A lot of teachers have had success uh, assigning a student or two to be in charge of organizing the classroom library. And finally, answering the classroom phone. I love this idea. You know how the phone is always interrupting um, sometimes throughout the day. Um, one teacher said they have student a student that's trained to answer the phone in the classroom and then to relay the message. I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing some ideas of what other teachers have trimmed, trashed, or transferred from their to-do list. And once again, 
This is not a list of everything you should stop doing, but I hope at least a few of these stood out to you as something that you're like, wow, maybe I could do that. And if you're nervous about stopping or or transferring or trimming something, I want to encourage you to try it as an experiment. Say, I'm going to stop doing this for two weeks and see what happens. See if I need to Re- redo it or if it's fine not doing it. Um, so sometimes thinking about it as an experiment can make it feel less stressful or less worrisome. And so I do want to encourage you to do that. And if you have more ideas of things that have you've successfully taken off your plate in your classroom, we'd love to hear those as well. So we'll be we'll be compiling this list at teachfortheheart.com slash 180. Teachfortheheart.com slash 180 is this episode number. Um, so if you head over there, you can see the entire list. And we'd also love for you to add a comment at the bottom um, with some more examples of things that you've um, trimmed, trashed, or transferred in your classroom. And finally, I want to invite you to join us in the Tame Your To-Do List system. If you feel like you need more help figuring out what you can trim, trash, and transfer on your to-do list and how to do that effectively, you can get all the details about the Tame Your To-Do List system at teachfortheheart.com slash tame. But real briefly, this is a pre-recorded workshop that will walk you through the entire process, actually walk you through it step-by-step, helping you identify what can I trash, stop doing, what can I trim, do less, what can I transfer, and how can I transfer effectively so that it actually saves me time rather than just frustrating me, and then what should I treasure. And we also um, walk you through how you can arrange your to-do list and schedule um, so that you're effective with less stress and less time. So we'd love to invite you to that. Once again, the URL for that is teachfortheheart.com slash tame. And for the next two weeks, um, you can use the code STOP2022 to save half off your enrollment. So once again, teachfortheheart.com slash tame. And the coupon code for podcast listeners is STOP2022 to save half off your enrollment. And that coupon code is good for, about, I believe, two weeks. Um, so go ahead and check that out, teachfortheheart.com slash tame. Use the code STOP2022, and we'll look forward to seeing you inside the Tame Your To-Do List system. Let's take just a moment to pray before we go. Father, thank you for each teacher. Thank you that they care about their students, but I know it's been such a hard a hard year, Father, a hard couple years, and I pray that you will give them clarity and illumination in their mind of where they can save time, um, where they can trim some things off their plate to make time for other things that are more important. I pray you'll bring them clarity and peace and help them to trust you in this new school year, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. It was so good to talk with you. I did want to say real quick before we go, if you are a member of our mentorship program, the Tame Your To-Do List is included in your mentorship at no additional cost. So I did just want to tell you that all of our mentorship members, um, you get to participate in this at absolutely no additional cost. Um, let us know if you need help finding it, but the Tame Your To-Do List system is already inside your membership portal and you can find it there and access it there and we encourage you to do so. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.